Greetings, my Burning Tarot friends. I am T. This is the Burning Tarot Podcast. I hope you have survived the holiday season reasonably well and that you're enjoying your winter if you're up here in the Northern Hemisphere. That's where I am. I am in the woods of Central Oregon, out in the Ponderosa Pines. And you might hear some rain dripping We're actually getting rain. The snow is melting. It's pretty slushy and sludgy out. (sighs) It's not too super duper cold out. No complaints, guys. So that's life out here in the forest. And today I have drawn our card for the next week or so to give us a little guidance. I also have a special offer that involves the possibility of you, well, kind of getting a free tarot reading, but also testing out a tarot reading for me from the comfort of your own home. So if you're interested in that, um, keep listening because we'll have more on that at the end of this podcast. I would also like to acknowledge the passing of two fine creative individuals West Coasties that some of you might know. Okra P. Dingle, player of the singing saw, writer of poetry, hobo, jumper of trains, has passed. And so has Spinner, Eric DeQueer, who uh, was just an amazing, light-filled personality and character that I worked with in Berkeley and new throughout the years in Portland and Oakland and such. And so at the end of the podcast, I'll, um, I'll tell you a link where I have put up some pictures of these folks and a little bit of information or kind of a little, just a remembrance from me in case you're interested. All right, let's get to our card. We draw today from the Smith Rider Weight Tarot deck or the RWS, or the Smith Weight, however you want to talk about it. This is the Centennial Edition, and we use this quite frequently on the Burning Tarot podcast. This is kind of the classic old school, um, whatever, 1920s forward, um, extremely influential tarot deck that kicked off the tarot explosion we are currently in. So I like returning to that original deck. It does have limitations. Oh, and just as we're doing this, do you hear that? We've got a raven in the background. Well, hello. So that lets us know when we hear the raven. Two of them. So there's two ravens, two corvids talking to each other. Could be a crow and a raven, I don't know. Sometimes those two don't hang out so well together, but you see them with each other around here. Um, So when the birds of messaging and trickery, the cleverness word birds, (laughs) come to you while you're doing a reading or even while you're just thinking of something, you really need to take that as a message. So we better take it as a message. Um, 
it's a time of messages. And in fact, our card is about that too. So that's pretty nice and appropriate. We have drawn today the two of pentacles, two of discs, two of coins, two of earth. You can think about it in all those ways. So this card depicts um, a young person juggling and or dancing on a flat surface. He's wearing like a fool's cap, like a, you know, the top of a condom when you're unrolling it is what it looks like to me. (laughs) But hey, that's just me. I'm sure Freud would have some other interpretation. So he's got the red, you know, <clears throat> tall hat. Not not a true fool's hat, not conical shaped, but similar, like a tall, odd hat, which can um, be an indicator, though we associate it with uh, being put in the corner of an old-fashioned classroom because you're behaving badly. Um, it actually indicates knowledge, usually, when we find those types of images um, in places like this tarot deck. Uh, He's got black curly hair. He has white skin. That is one of the disadvantages of the older tarot decks. Pretty much everyone does. Um, He's wearing red leggings, very fetching, green shoes, a brown tunic, red sleeves, and a red belt. I like these colors. I would totally wear this outfit, maybe with a different hat. And so... um, His left hand is kind of pointed down, holding a giant coin, giant pentacle. His right hand is up at about shoulder height, holding another giant pentacle. So these are like giant golden coins with a pentacle star on them. And then, so it looks like he could be juggling or weighing these two coins He's up on one foot, like his uh, right foot is on the ground, his left foot is up. So he looks off balance. He's concentrating on that lower coin to his left. Um, The weight text says that he's dancing. In the background, our dancing juggler guy has a blue sky, sort of a pale blue sky, and there's a very roiling, tumultuous ocean in the background with ships going up and down. And the reason I mentioned the weight text, so this is Arthur Waite, A.E. Waite, who commissioned this deck and is author of The Pictorial Key to the Tarot, um, is that I decided to go ahead and look this card up. Um, I tend to like this card, mostly. I tend to pull it a whole lot. And I thought, you know, why am I pulling this thing so much? I want to go back and, and look up some books. Those of you who've taken workshops from me and such, you know that um, my own relationship with books about Tarot or other educational and traditional resources is, is a little fraught. I think that as Tarot readers, we walk a fine line. We need to respect that past and the knowledge and wisdom accumulated. And then we need to kind of shove it aside so that our own intuition has a chance to come through while we're reading the cards. If we're not 
bringing anything of the present moment to the reading, then we're not really necessary. You can just like have a computer reading online instead or look up the definitions of the cards in a book. Um, but I wanted to um, to check back in on on what this card is. And what came up for me was very interesting. So Waite says that the Two of Pentacles, um, on the one hand, it is a card of gaiety, recreation, and connection. But it is read also as news and messages in writing, as obstacles, agitation, trouble, embroilment. When I read that, it reminded me of some text I read 30 years ago, and I don't even remember what now, where our attention was drawn to this guy's hands and to the act of writing by hand, which was for, you know, most of the years that the tarot in its various forms has, has existed, writing by hand is, is what writing was. If you wrote, you did it by hand. And then maybe, you know, some monk would <laughs> copy it out for you or some scribe. Or after, what year, 1455, something like that, the invention of the printing press, um, someone could take lead type or wood type and make it printable for you, right? So writing by hand is simply writing in the old-fashioned way. After that, eventually we got the typewriter, and then we got the computer. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to write. But for, you know, many, many, many years, unless you were carving on somebody's tombstone, you were actually writing by hand um, with a quill, with a pen. And whichever text it is that I've forgotten about the Two of Pentacles really liked to focus on the hands. When I think of hands now, hands holding golden coins, hands juggling, weighing the value of the two different things he's got in his hands, having them, they, they, it implies that they kind of move. He's moving. There's a, a twirling figure eight you know, infinity symbol, moving these things around. So there's a lot of motion, including those waves in the background. And how's he managing that? Well, he's using his body, which is his physicalized self. And he's using his hands to weigh and balance and juggle the everyday aspects of life, the value of life, the importance of simple things like health, body, money. This stuff all comes with the material, the materiality of our earth element. Yes, there's a spiritual element uh, connecting us to the earth, but I think this is a pretty practical and kind of individual card where you're like, you're juggling stuff and Weight reminds us that this has to do with writing or receiving a message like our birds, our corvids have 
flown overhead calling to us, implying to us, hey, it's time to pay attention. Whenever the tarot says message, I read that as attention. In our current world, uh, we're overwhelmed with messages all the time. Advertising, news, 50 million texts from your friends. You know, it's, it's here all the time. So it's a little different from the, the old-fashioned times when you might be literally waiting for a message, a scroll to be brought to you on the leg of a crow, <laughs> a wax-sealed envelope to be brought to you by a courier. All of that sounds very exciting to me. Um, so these days, when we pull a tarot card that says a message is coming, it really implies that we have to uh, narrow our focus. Well, that's the wrong word. Sometimes narrow, sometimes widen. We have to be more attenuated to potential messages. We have to get better at picking the right message out out of all the you know many reams of garbage that an information overload culture is giving us access to. So we may find this week that an obstacle comes up and perhaps news is delivered to us. It may not be handwritten anymore, but it may come in our email box. Um, telling us of something that's going to get in our way. Um, Mercury retrograde is still a thing, for those of you who are following the planets of this moment. And we have Mars stationing direct in Gemini. And Gemini is, is a sign of communications and messages right? The, the astrological zodiacal sign of Gemini. And Mars has been there forever and is going to keep being in there for a long time. So that's heating things up. Um, so I would look for heated messages. They may be coming from you. Your hands might be writing the heated message. You might want to pause. You might just want to wait. Um, with the astrological configurations going on. Or it might be that you're the recipient of these things, which is kind of what our two of coins would suggest. Messages coming down the pike. You know, the nice thing about these hands is hands are how we make things. Hands are how we do things. Not for all of us all the time. As I have said, you know, I have an official... Um, partial disability laid down by the state of California. Permanent disability in my hands and arms. So it's not like I can sit there and um, become a hairdresser, which I would love to do. I love cutting hair. But I couldn't do that all day. I can't even do my present job, writing. I can't do that all day. Um, so we have physical limitations that keep us from manifesting these everyday things. But our hands, at least symbolically, represent manifestation. The two of coins has two, you know, material, golden objects. So in your life, what's, what's manifesting right now? What is real that you are juggling, balancing, 
what maybe there's two things that you're weighing like is this worth my time is that other one worth my time and these are things that you can see things that if you put them into motion and you manifest them they'll be real in the world they're not just kind of vague um, spiritual ideals or goals you know this isn't necessarily weighing like should I try to be a better person or should I focus on my career? I'll look for whatever's uh, most reality-focused, most material. And then look for the message that comes that might, uh, might tell you that something's going to get in your way for trying to execute one of these things. The message can sometimes come from within if we really are focusing on where we manifest you know, with our hands. Hands are what magicians use to hold the wand and the cup. Hands hold the pen, the computer, the axe. They're like our little digits O manifestation. It's very exciting. And so this week, we can really pay attention to what it's possible to make with our hands. And there is joy in this card, despite the agitation the potential for obstacles, right? There's a dance. There's a dance to try to figure this stuff out. And those ships in the background suggest, you know, there's going to be some emotional upheaval that um, might be happening in the background, underneath. So that's part of the non-material stuff that we deal with when we pull the two of coins. So I'm pulling some other references here again. The Book of Toth or the Book of Thoth, however you want to pronounce it, by Alistair Crowley or Crowley, however you want to pronounce it, (laughs) to go with his Egyptian tarot or tarot, however you want to pronounce it. I'm not a huge Crowley fan, as many of you know, but whatever. Sometimes we give him a chance. Um, So his... Uh, in in his deck, which a lot of people I know and love and respect use that deck, um, there's a single word on the card to tell you how to read it. I, I don't like that, but some people do. Um, and what he does with the two of discs is he boils it down to change. That's That's the word he puts on there. The number two, Chokma, here rules in the suit pertaining to Earth. It shows the type of energy appropriate to the two in its most fixed form. According to the doctrine that change is the support of stability, the card is called change. So that's pretty interesting. Um, He calls its celestial rulers Jupiter and Capricornus. Um, Maybe. Maybe not. Uh, And he thinks that having those two being weighed in balance with each other are yin and yang. So um, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Harmonious interplay of the four elements in constant movement are represented by the card to him. One may, in fact, consider the card as the picture of the complete manifested universe in respect of its dynamics. 
So hey, there you go. That's another way of seeing it. That balancing and weighing can be considered the act of change. And certainly with a two, you're talking about bringing together. So if you're bringing together two different forces and powers, goodness, it's noisy out here. Bring me the ravens again. Um, there's going to be a tug, a tension, a push and pull whenever you get into a collaborative space or wherever more than one person has their, uh, their opinion to bear on a situation. We have one more resource I wanted to consult today. This is Rachel Pollock, uh, 78 Degrees of Wisdom. So this is a much uh, newer take on things. And um, as with any of these authors, I don't always agree with her. Um, but she's pretty groovy. She's got some good thoughts. And I figured I would just see what she has to say. So uh, anything we haven't already covered here? At times, says Rachel Pollack, the card means juggling life itself, keeping everything in the air at once. More simply, it carries the idea of enjoying life, having a good time. Like so many pentacles, the card implies a hidden magic in its ordinary pleasures. So that's pretty nice. Remembering to have fun, remembering to take joy in the, the ordinary pleasures of life. What else has she got here? Um, she says, some people believe that spiritual development occurs only in serious moments. Pleasure and amusement can also teach us a great deal as long as we pay attention. So we're back to attention, paying attention, figuring out what is worthy of our attention and waiting for our messages and watching our hands and, and the, the hands of others being engaged in the act of manifestation. Juggle, juggle, juggle. Well, I hope you enjoyed our little um, delvey dive into some books this week. Um, suppose I should add my intuitive take on it. Ah, I'm just gazing at the card now. There's a slightly melancholy look on this person's face, I think, or definitely not just a happy, happy, joy, joy look. I think that the work of balancing needs to be acknowledged where we have to give ourselves some space and time and some credit for doing the work of balancing our lives, of figuring out what's more important or what we can handle right now. I think we need to acknowledge that some things are too heavy to carry and that while we're juggling, balancing, dancing, we may discover that we are carrying something too heavy, a load that we don't want. We may decide, you know, it's okay to dance while holding these heavy coins right now, but I'm not doing it for infinity. 
I'm going to get freaking tired of this. <laughs> and my emotions are back there in the background. They're part of this. They're the ships on the giant waves in the ocean. So as the juggler, balancer, dancer, as the two of coins, we may find ourselves inching toward a moment of, as Crowley says, change, a moment where we're going to put down these coins and maybe one of them we're going to put down and walk away from. I think there's a, there's so much in the card. I feel like it suggests um, a period of change and perhaps loss coming forward to us. And that's okay. Like people have to weigh our options, weigh our stuff, figure out, you know, like in, uh, I'm in America, US of A, and here a lot of people have too much stuff. We um, have sort of a weird consumerist obsession with things. We have sentimental attachments to things. Our lives um, are full of more than we can deal with. And so it could be that kind of attachment, literal material attachment that starts to feel heavy. And this might be a good week, maybe not to, you know, sell great-great-grandma's old carved chair that doesn't fit in your new house, but to look at it and start considering whether you're ready to let that go. And maybe next week you're going to put it on Craigslist. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that literal and material. It may also be some other area of, you know, where's your life, your energy? Where's your energy manifesting? That's what to look for. And if there's a point where your manifestation is, is really draining you, and you might want to make a change in whatever area that is. Bad job? That's could certainly be it. Um, and other relationships might apply there too. But I would really look for places where it's affecting your material world. I hope that's useful, y'all. I hope you like the little two of coins moment. And um, now for the, uh, the help that I wanted to ask you guys for. Uh, one of our listeners who is a wonderful spiritual teacher to me. And sometimes I am honored to lead up labyrinth walks and rituals with her at Sisters Community Labyrinth. I am, of course, talking about the fabulous Susan Prince. Well, Susan Prince came up with a reading for solstice and for this time of year when the light is changing direction. We're in the Northern Hemisphere, we are moving from um, shorter and shorter and shorter days to starting to get longer days. It's a big, a big change, and that seasonality informs so much of, you know, all the fun witchery and astrology and, and all the fun stuff. So she came up with a five-card spread that I thought it was really interesting. And I've been talking with her about it. And she has fairly, verily, fairly, verily, she has very kindly agreed to um, give this spread 
to Burning Tarot and our Burning Tarot people to try. Um, so what I would like to ask y'all is if you have a tarot, uh, tarot deck at home, if uh, you would be willing to try this reading and then we could maybe have a phone call about it or if you want to pull the cards, I can read them for you and just kind of beta test this new reading format. And the subject of this is how do I make my light shine? How do I shine my light? Which is such a wonderful subject for all of us to pursue. How do I shine my light? Where, what, who, when, how? And it's a nice little spread. If you would like to participate in this experiment, um, and if you don't have your own tarot cards, we can possibly just do this as a phone reading. Where, But you don't have to pay for it. We would just have a phone call. I would pull the cards for you. We chit-chat about them. I want to get to know this spread and um, share it with you so you can do it at home. Um, but if, if my workings with the spread seem to be effective and useful, then I will add it as a reading that people can buy on my website. And so you guys can help me beta test it, do some readings, whatever. Check the situation out. So uh, if you want to get involved in that, email burningtarot at gmail.com. And in the subject line, just put um, shine a light reading. And so the first, um, I don't know, five or six people who respond will help me develop this reading and understand it. And we'll get free readings in the process. Thank you, Susan. I'm excited about this whole process and this new reading. Pretty neat. Um, oh, I also said, um, so if uh, I don't have that much information about the passing of the two people I mentioned at the beginning, but what little I have, I did put online. It's not linked anywhere, so you'd have to kind of type in the destination on my website. If you're interested in Okra P. Dingle, uh, go to tiffanyleebrown.com slash okra, O-K-R-A, all lowercase, or in Spinner, Eric DeCreer, um, tiffanyleebrown.com slash spinner, all lowercase. And if you have photos or memories of those guys that you would like to share, you can email those to me. And I will add them to the page and or I will try to put you in touch with other people who are... <clears throat> uh, I know that people all over the world are looking for Okra's writings right now. And I think I published him at some point and I can't figure out where. Um, so yeah, if, you, if you're connected to these folks and want to um, want to contribute or participate in some way, feel free to get in touch, and I'll do my best 
I'm not active on social media. You can also check uh, places like Facebook to see if there's activity, but I don't have that information. So RIP Okra, RIP Spinner, both really just creative, fun, super great energy people. I hope that they are having a heck of a good time on the other side. And I hope you guys are having a heck of a good time on this side. Enjoy your week. I'm T with Burning Tarot. If you need a reading, tiffanyleebrown.com slash shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. See ya.